Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Mortgage Professional Podcast, where we interview successful mortgage professionals and coaches to learn about their journey, the obstacle that they've overcome, and how you can model their approach to build your mortgage business. My name is Andrew Alex, and I'm joined by my wise and centered and focused host, Scott Solari. Scott, are you feeling focused today? Yeah, I feel great, Andrew. I feel great. (laughs) Well, I'm very glad to hear that. And I think I know why you're so pumped up. It's because you just had a great conversation with Cherie Alexander. She is a persuasiveness coach, speaker, and writer specializing in bringing the dark arts of influence into the light. Cherie is certified in neuro-linguistic programming, micro-expressions, and body language. Her clients include CEOs, politicians, professional athletes, television and movie producers, news commentators, and New York Times bestselling authors. Cherie is a regular contributor to Entrepreneur and guest lecturer at USC and has been featured on CNBC and The Today Show. Scott, there's a lot of accolades in here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to need your help. I was help. honored to be on the phone with her. I, I, she gave me a whole hour, too. I mean, we, even, we did the interview, but she gave me a whole hour. It was amazing. I'm going to need your help and uh, sussing down briefly, telling us what all of our wonderful <laughs> listeners are going to learn from your conversation with Cherie. So they're going to learn the three-stage process that she has for essentially being able to um, you know, do sales and marketing you know, or really influence uh, the person that you're speaking with. And so she has a three-step process. She's going to go through that in detail with our listeners. And it's fantastic. And also, people listen up for when she talks about how she just decided to randomly go interview CIA agents to really get down and dirty with how to influence. So she's got some knowledge. It's awesome. Cool. Well, let's jump right into the interview, and we'll check back in with everyone after that. Hey, everyone. Scott Solaria and... Um, I am super excited to have our special guest, Cherie Alexander, on today. Cherie, thank you so much uh, for being here and doing this interview with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me here, Scott. So I like to always start off and ask you, um, my guests at least, a little bit about their background because I think that's a great way for the audience to, to engage with you and identify with you. So tell us a little bit about how you've gotten into, you know, persuasive coaching and speaking, writing, and, and really specializing in, in, in helping people influence. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, the short version of the story is that I originally, back way back in college, was a, a theater major. Like, I was going to be an actress. That was my calling. That's what I was going to do. And I was fortunate enough to get a few opportunities in both London and New York. And it was when I made it to New York that I had kind of had a, a, a epiphany moment, also known as a complete breakdown, uh, where I realized <laughs> that the acting thing just was not what I wanted to do. There were certain elements of the business that I loved, and there were certain elements that I just I could no longer stand and tolerate. I needed more control in my life. And uh, so after that, I got a PR job for a national nonprofit and did very well there. Within the first six weeks, I landed the largest account that they had seen in over five years. 
And because of that, I had developed this reputation in the company for being the presentation chick, like, oh, go talk to Sheree. She's really good at pitching. And so I realized, like, oh, I had been in this, you know, theater world for so long that these business professionals don't know a lot about presentation skills and and presence and things along those lines. So uh, when I left that PR gig, I made the leap into entrepreneurship, and that's when I started out as a presentation skills coach. I worked with a wide variety of people to help them, whether it was like a speech for paid speakers or CEOs delivering, you know, at their annual meeting. Um, and then that evolved to also becoming a speechwriter for CEOs and politicians. And after I did that for a number of years, I kind of, I felt like I had learned everything that there was to learn when it came to public speaking skills. Like there's only so far you can go. So I was really intrigued with, well, what's the through line of this career? What is the thing that keeps me, you know, keep, like the godfather, keep bringing me back in kind of a thing? And it was this idea of language, that language is so powerful. It is a uniquely human trait. It is the only tool that we have to understand another human being's experience, and we have empathy and sympathy, and it is through language that we change minds, hearts, and we've seen it even change countries. So that's when I wanted to learn from the best of the best. I asked myself, well, who's amazing at that? And I had this wild, crazy thought pop in my head of, well, CIA agents are good at that, like, right? (laughs) And so... (laughs) Like, this voice said, you should interview CIA agents. And I was like, sure, voice. Like, I just happened to know 20 of them, which, of course, no, I didn't. But through some very interesting twists and turns, I was very fortunate to learn from those masterful communicators. So since then, I have personally studied under CIA field operatives, hostage negotiators, con artists, pickup artists, military intelligence officers, interrogators with police departments, and a wide variety of other people. And... So since then, I have become most known for bringing that dark arts of influence into the light, helping entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales associates be influential in a positive, not pushy uh, way and, and to where they are doing it ethically and still feel good about themselves at the end of the day with it. I I love the full circle uh, that you've come to, you know, doing that type of research and then bringing it back to <clears throat> where you can – really help people in professional services. So our audience is tons of different professional service businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And ha- like, tell me a little bit more about like how they can utilize some of these skills. Let's say someone's listening and they're, they're newer in their business, but they're having trouble with their presenting or their communication or influencing, uh, knowing that their product or service can really help, but they're not able to really convey that information in the right way. Mm-hmm. Like where do you even start with somebody? Yeah, and that is such a frustrating and heartbreaking problem that only an entrepreneur can understand or only somebody in the service-based business can understand because, you know, like the average person, if they're wanting to sell this or that widget for a company, um, it's okay if they're, they get told no because that rejection is not a personal rejection. But if you're right. selling something that you do, then that rejection can, can cut deep. And it is like, it's just this very heartbreaking is the only word I can think of, heartbreaking thing to feel of, I know I have this gift, I know I have this message, I know I can help people, and yet there is a gap between this feeling that I have 
and then conveying that same value through language. And that gap in between is just, for many people, it can feel like an abyss. And so the the main tenets of influence that I teach, it's a three-stage process. And every single one of the master influencers that I've learned from follow this exact process, whether they realized it or not. Um, and those three stages are to observe, connect, and then influence. So everything begins with understanding your mark or your source. And that's just my shorthand way of saying the person you want to influence. And so starting with the observation of getting into their minds, and if your listeners like, um, they're welcome to go to my website, observeconnectinfluence.com, and on the website there is the Mind Reader Blueprint. And the blueprint is a series of questions that an influencer will ask to get into the mind of their mark or their source. And so just by starting there, what that forces you to do as an influential person is to get out of your own freaking way, that it trains your brain to get into their world and not operate in your world where everything has, you know, nuanced judgments and shadings of values and things. So to observe and get into the mind of the person you want to influence. And then the second stage where most people just forget about because they're so nervous and they want to jump to influence, the second stage is to connect, and that's that rapport building. And, of course, there's a whole series of techniques with that because the more likable you are to your mark, then the more you know likely they are to do business with you. And then, honestly, if you go through those first two stages, observation, connection, you're 80% of the way there. Then all of those cool influential linguistic techniques are just your, your closing, you know, hitters. Like they're just there for if you happen to need to push it to the next level, but chances are you're already influential because you went through the first few stages. Right. I like that. So, you know, without going in to your, to your website right now, right, obviously mm-hmm. that'd be a great thing for our audience to do because this is excellent information. Um, but, if we jump back to observation, what's the best way that you've found to really observe and get into the mind of the person that you're trying to influence or that you're trying to sell or help or however you want to frame that? Um, how do you train them to go about that process? Yeah, so there's a number of different ways. So, and especially as an entrepreneur, there's basically two different types of people that you're wanting to influence or two categories, I guess you could say. One is the individual. So you can observe those things by simply talking to that particular person. Another, and all of these exact, all these techniques still apply to the masses as well, so that second group is going to be your target market. And so you can go through these questions to figure it out with the individual or for a group of people, which is your target market. So in general, like one of the like quickest ways to get into somebody's mind is the is like a little quadrant that I always go through. And that's when I ask myself on the like upper left hand corner of that quadrant is going to be their frustrations from their day to day life. What are those little things, those little nagging, annoying things that they can easily brush off from moment to moment, but if you present them all in one cell sweeper, they realize like, oh my gosh, that is really like super annoying. So one example is I work with a number of people in like health and wellness space. So a lot of personal trainers, nutritionists, chiropractors, that kind of thing. And if you think about it, somebody who's overweight, of 
has to deal with many daily little frustrations. It's just they are able to ignore them, like knee pain, um, being not feeling well getting out of bed, uh, lack of energy, um, that little twinge of stress that you feel before you have a meal every single day, three times a day or more. Those little frustrations, when you pile them all up and can guide a conversation or put into your copy those things, then that grounds that person into that true pain of, oh, my gosh, this is a bigger problem than I allowed myself to realize. And the reason why I like to start with frustrations rather than that big ominous question that many marketers tell you to ask yourself, which is what's keeping them up at night? Like, I just feel like that (laughs) is a very presumptuous, like, wow, you're trying to get way too close, way too fast uh, kind of a question. And so starting with the frustrations, then you ask yourself into that bottom left-hand part of the quadrant is their fears. If all of these things continue to build up five years from now or ten or whatever it is, what is the fear that they will have if this continues? So if it's like I'm I'm not going to live to see my daughter's wedding or I can't play with the grandkids or these medical bills are going to put me under, any of those types of things, that's the fears. Then if you move on to the right-hand side of the uh, quadrant, it becomes much easier because then you ask yourself, well, what do they want to experience instead? That's the upper right-hand quadrant. And then you just look at all those frustrations and you say, well, what's the opposite of that? And then the opposite, and for the bottom right-hand part of the quadrant, you ask yourself, what are their desires, like their dreams, their goals? Well, you just look at the fears and say, what's the opposite of that? And then right there you have all the guideposts that you need for what it is to be in their shoes, their daily life, their future worries and concerns, the things that they want and hope to experience, and then that higher self that they strive for within themselves. Right there, you already have a roadmap for a conversation or good copy or webinar or speech. Yeah, wow, that was a lot. That was awesome. That's amazing. I love how you broke it down. You made it so visual for for me as well. Um, kind of as you as you went through that quadrant, uh, and really you're able to identify exactly what's going on, not only in their mind but in their life, their business, like their daily. I love how you mm-hmm. talked about right there the daily frustrations because I hate that question too. Like, what are you losing <laughs> sleep over? It's right. <laughs> you know, because it's usually not one huge, amazing, like big thing that's so obvious to pinpoint. Right. It's usually a lot of different things. So I I love how you um, go through and talk about the frustrations that they're having through the day, you know, which is great. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. So jump into the to connecting. Um, Obviously, some people have, you know, innate and like are just naturally able to build rapport and are likable and able to connect um, just because maybe it's part of their personality. Right. But how do you. How do you change that? How do you change the, the not the natural side, but the adaptive side, the side that maybe some more introverts have to adapt to be more of an extrovert, to be more likable? How do you help people get through that and make those changes um, in, you know, in themselves so they can help others, essentially? Um, yeah, well, actually, that's a, a limiting belief about uh, uh, introverts, um, and it's a false one because actually some of the best influencers are introverts, and the reason why is because they let the other person do the talking. Great. So, um, so most people think to be influential, you have to be 
uh, extroverted. That's not necessarily the case. You do have to be charismatic. The charisma and extroversion are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. Um, so with that, to, to get into the connection stage, the, there's five main things that I teach people to look for um, when they're in the observation stage, but then also in the connection stage of, like, how can I build that connection with this person? So I'll rattle these off as quick as I can for a short time in this podcast, but just so your listeners know, like, each one of these, there's layers, be, you know, behind and beyond this. Yeah, I'm so, sure. <laughs> So the the five things that they want to look for are those influential vibes, V-I-B-E-S. And I love that term vibes because that's kind of what you're looking for. It's kind of like you're feeling your way through. You're feeling the vibes that that person is giving off. So the like v, Yeah. So the V in vibes is their values. What is it that they value? And that's our core operating system of how we make decisions. So right. And there's a whole list of values you can just simply put in Google of, like, list of values and check them out. Um, as long as you get a sense of where do their priorities lie? Are they a family person? Do they value freedom? Do they value hard work? Do they value, you know, free time? Where where do they um, choose to put more of their time and energy? And if you can see them in a decision-making process, those values really um, show themselves even more. Then next in your vibes is identifiers. And usually when people hear about identifiers, they're like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if I hear these. But then once you learn them, you hear them all the freaking time. It's like that reticular activating system of, you know, you buy your red BMW, and next thing you know, everywhere you go, you see a freaking red BMW. Um, so identifiers are when they, they self-identify, that they put some sort of label on themselves or they have categorized themselves in some way. And identifiers always show up with phrases like, I am, like, I am a morning person, or I am, you know, always lazy on Sundays, whatever it is. Um, other phrases that will come out will be, I always, or I never. Another big one is, uh, you should or you shouldn't. That ties into, again, that values that we were talking about before. Um, so however they identify themselves, whether it's like, um, I, I, I'm knowledgeable in this area, like I'm an expert in this, that, or the other, that way you know how they see themselves, and you can anchor that in a conversation as someone who is an expert in such and such, I'm sure that you'll see the value in the thing that I am providing you with right now. So you can anchor in your influential statement with those identifiers. And that's also known as the law of consistency. Um, the next thing that you're going to look for is the beliefs. What are the beliefs that they have of, in general in life is, is obviously important. But you also want to know what do they believe about themselves, what do they believe about you, and what do they believe about your product or service, and then what do they believe about the problem. So do they think it's a big problem? Is it a little problem? Is it short-term? Is it long-term? Is it necessary? Like any of those beliefs. And then beliefs about you are you a credible person? Do you, you know, come with, uh, have you proven yourself to be more knowledgeable than them in this area? Things along those lines. Um, next one is super easy. It's emotional triggers. So what puts your mark in a positive state or a negative state? And be sure to not just make universal leaps of judgment around this. So you might love talking about your kids and the kid, your kids are your, like, 
you know, center of your world, the, the light in your day. But for some yeah. people, that's not always the truth. Yeah, hey. I knew where you are going with that. <laughs> <laughs> like some people, their kids are not the joy of their life. So just be aware of that, what definitely puts them positive and negative states. And then last but not least is what are their secret goals and desires? So I say secret because it sounds sexier, um, but it absolutely <laughs> can be a stated goal or desire. So um, basically what are they – striving for, uh, whether it is professionally that they want to make VP in five years, or it could be personally like they want to take that Bali trip sometime, or maybe it's even goals that they have for their kids. Whatever those little mile markers that they put out in front of themselves of their next higher self, the more you can tie in your influential intention to that, the more influential it is. And that's where all of that connection comes from is the more you can tie in what you are trying to present to them with how they already view themselves, what they already believe about the world, and what they are already striving for, come on, you, you got it made. Ah, yeah, I love it. I, I love the I love what you said about the emotional uh, triggers too, because I'm I'm always you know when I'm talking to people, I'm always trying to think like what's happening in their life right now, in their day, mm-hmm. what what have they gone through, what experience do they have. And never to make assumptions about something that makes that gives me joy that may not give them that same joy, right? You have to identi- mm-hmm. kind of identify that as you go through. So I, I love that, what you said there. Um, all right, so let's jump. So I, I, I'm glad we're going through these three steps. I think this is fantastic. And this is definitely n- no one in our audience has heard any of this stuff before. So this is, this is all new, which is great. Um, so last stage is is the influence stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, so let's jump into that a little bit more. So like what, <laughs> I mean, there's so much here. I know you, you could probably talk for like an hour on this, right? But, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. This is where all the fun stuff is too, I feel like, because this is when you talk about the dark, you know, like, I mean, all the investigating and interviews you did with the CIA and uh, this, a lot of that has to do with this, right? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I want to emphasize that influence, like the foundation of influence is observation, the ability to get into the mind of another person and, and understanding that influential psychology. Um, and then without connection, you have not earned the right to influence that person. So, and, and I, that, whether it is that person individually or whether it is like your target market, if you have not built in those connection points, you have not earned the right to influence them. And the reason why I make sure those are said is because Oftentimes when people hear of these influential techniques, if there's those three stages of influence, observation, connection, then influence, they will try to jump up to that third step. Well, if you try to do a vertical jump to a third step, you put yourself at risk, you put others at risk because you could take them down with you, and could you hit that third step? Yeah, but you have increased that risk factor. So why not just take those three steps? And also with those three steps, that's what fuels the power of influential techniques. A technique just by itself without understanding why or when to use it loses all of that, you know, awesome power that it has. So as long as that has been made clear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for setting the expectation. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's where, you know, that's where, like, without those steps, that's how we all see that, like, 
you know, stereotypical bad car salesman or horrible sales copy or, you know, terrible online marketing. It's because those people have are trying to jump to that third step. And that's when things have come across as fake, inauthentic, insincere, like, and just pushy and slimy. All of that is because the core foundations of this process were completely stripped away. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so influential techniques. One of my favorite ones is probably, oh, gosh, which one do I want to share today? Uh, let's go with one I don't, haven't talked about too often. So the expectancy effect is one of my favorites. And basically what this is is that if it's a form of priming. If your listeners are familiar with priming, it was written about probably most famously in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. And it's how certain linguistic mm, choices can prime us into particular behaviors. And so the expectancy effect is that if you lay out a certain expectation that you have for the person that you're with, they are more likely to embody that expectation. Meaning, if I say, uh, if I'm meeting somebody and the first time that we have that, uh, you know, coffee meeting, I would say something like, you know, I've actually really been looking forward to this conversation from everything that I saw online. I can just tell that you're one of those people that, um, you know, just is really knowledgeable in this space, and I really respect your insights, and you kind of know where real quality is and, and, and speak your mind. Like, that's what I've gathered from what I've seen. So right there, I have complimented them, but also set the expectation of how I would like for them to behave in this conversation. Now, some people will uh, say, oh, but what if, you know, I don't know much about the person or um, what if I already know this person, this isn't the first time I'm meeting them. Totally okay. Here's a few other variations that you can use. One is that if you feel like you don't want to say, like, I've been looking forward to this because, because you think you may be putting yourself at like a, a... a lower status or whatever it is, you can always use the technique through a third party by saying, um, yeah, when George first mentioned you to me, uh, he said that what he really respected about you was that you are one of those open-minded uh, individuals who really can cut through the crap and, and sees a good deal and, like, you're just one of those quick, sharp guys. And so George was complimenting you, and so I've just I've been looking forward to this. So now I've said what George has said about it. Right. Now some people will be like, well, what if I don't have a George? Totally okay. <laughs> then you can use a nebulous third party and say, you know what, uh, I've noticed that what people respect about you is so they can no longer, um, like, negate or or just like uh, say like that's not true because what you are sharing is your perception of how others perceive this person. So what I've noticed, quoting the, the technique, what I've noticed that other people respect about you is such and such. Or what I've noticed that everyone around here appreciates about you is that you are in search, you know, the qualities that you're wanting to elicit. So you can elicit things like open-mindedness or fast decision-making or um, conversations or caring or empathy, whatever it is that you're wanting from this person. 
and all through the expectancy effect. One technique, I think I gave you like four to five different variations just right now. Think of how many other ways you can use it out in the field. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Um, so just with this one technique, as you uh, go through this process and you're saying certain things that they are, like you said, open-mindedness or empathetic or, or, or whatever it is, what if those those character traits don't really match up like innately with who they are? Like, is that does that become an issue, or is it, does it not even matter? Just because you're laying it out there, they're going to think that they are those things anyway. Well, so there are certain qualities that very few people would ever say that they are not. So you have to ask yourself: Is it that you believe that they are not, and is that a judgment that you're putting on them? It, right. In which case, that is not the reality that we are concerning ourselves with. We don't care about how you perceive them. We care about how they perceive themselves. Themselves, yeah. Who would not say that they are open-minded? Who would not say that they're a caring person? Like, <laughs> even the worst person believes that they are a caring person. So um, yeah. so there's that. Now, certain, you do want to choose qualities that they would naturally agree with, of course. You would not want to say to somebody who is, you know, 200 pounds overweight and say, like, you know what, I've always appreciated is the active lifestyle that you lead. Like, clearly <laughs> that is incongruent. But yeah. what, we're, what we're looking for are mental, emotional qualities and states that we're wanting to elicit from them. Ah, I love it. Um, so I could literally sit here and talk to you all day, but... <laughs> We try to keep these interviews within a certain time frame. So um, I really appreciate your time. And if someone out there, which every every single person can obviously benefit from either the education you have on your on your sites or working with you potentially. So um, what should they do if they want to learn more, connect with you? Where should uh, where should they go? Sure. So there's two sites I'll direct them to. The first one is observeconnectinfluence.com. And that's my main site, so if they're looking for, if your readers are wanting a professional speaker at their event, there's information there about that, or looking for VIP coaching about how they can, you know, use all these techniques in their business. Of course, I also have free downloads, and the blog is up there as well. Um, and then, because I know a lot of your listeners are service-based entrepreneurs, um, they also are welcome to check out persuasiveprofits.com, profits as in money and not soothsayers. Um, and so persuasiveprofits.com is one of my signature programs specifically designed to help entrepreneurs be more persuasive. Um, I'm not sure when this will roll out. It is a, a, a course that, you know, happens twice a year. And so if they'd like to get onto the waiting list for the next round, then that's the place to check out. Awesome. All right, I have to ask you one more question. Go for it. So how much fun – like, have you had like just messing with guys that like, try to date you, or like, are you are you married? I know this is no. personal, but like, okay. I get it like, what? all the time. Um, so it's <laughs> the general really answer you. is the the general answer is that uh, I don't use these techniques in my dating life because uh. what I'm looking for is obviously to be my true self and to connect with their true self. And so I'm not I'm not in it to play games, even though I know how to you know play the games masterfully. 
Um, so now well, if good for you. Take- you are a better human than me because <laughs> I would, I would totally have some fun. Now, if you want to take it one level out of that, of like if I've met a guy and I already know that this isn't a match or if there's just a jerk at a bar that's like, you know, trying this, that, or the other, then, yes, I do turn it on and I do have my fun. I will not lie. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot like that. Yeah, it's fine. Totally fine. Uh, All right, well – Char Alexander, I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Scott, thank you very much for this interview. I want to send a special thank you out to Cherie Alexander for letting us interview her and sharing all this fascinating stuff. First of all, you know that I'm a sucker for anyone who has uh, numeral plans and steps very carefully laid out you know that a lot of thought has gone into that process <laughs> i know you are i oh i get so excited uh but i i have to say my, my favorite was probably the first when she was describing the observation quadrant uh, of the process and really understanding how to uh you know diagnose the needs, find those pain points, what are the little things that are getting in your way during, you know, when you should be your most productive, and really analyzing that in um, in those people that you're trying to influence, sell to, really when trying to make that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. She goes into the the frustrations and in those little things that can add up and then you and then your fears and then what the flip side of that is. Um and, and Andrew, I I loved when we we started diving into uh the uh the second piece to this, which um which obviously is connection. And uh she she calls it vibes, values, identifiers, beliefs, emotional triggers. And uh, your secret goals or stated goals, right? And um, that that was just a lot of fun talking through that with her. So uh, she's she's amazing at, at what she does. And this was a I had a blast uh, doing this interview, Andrew. And hopefully our listeners got a lot of value from it. Well, I can't see how they haven't. And thanks again. Thank you very much, Cherie Alexander, for your time. And thank you most of all to our listeners, our wonderful unsung heroes. Uh, if you <laughs> if you. If, uh, if you, you want guys to be, are heroes out there, you mortgage yeah. professionals, you are, you're, you're heroes. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to be sung heroes, you can contact Scott so we can hear some feedback from you. Uh, and we'd love to, uh, you know, hear how you like the podcast. If you um, have thoughts, feedback, critiques, questions you want us to answer over the podcast, we'd love to take all of that stuff as well as contact us if you have um you know, needs for or want to talk about utilizing video-based marketing, anything like that, that is the day job. So, Scott, how can they reach out to you if they want to get in contact with us? Well, Andrew, they can email me, scott at getviral, G-E-T-V-Y is in yellow, R-A-L.com. Or they can actually give me a call. I mean, if, if you guys are making your prospecting calls, you know, throw extra number in there, my number, 858-869-1358 and give me a jingle and let's talk. Great. And I hope they just have nothing but feedback for you, (laughs) Scott. Please give them a call. Give give us some uh, feedback. We'd love to hear it from you. With that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the Entrepreneurial Mortgage Professional Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. And I'm Scott Solari. 
And we'll see all of you next week for another exciting episode. Take care.